2: Hey everybody, it's Ricky Rackman, media whore, the guy that used to be on Headbangers Ball, the guy that's got the Cat House Hollywood podcast, the guy that is telling you right now that you are listening to Cobras and Fire. Rock is really not dead. You've got it right here. Come on.
3: You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network, featuring special guests from
0: Headbangers Ball, from Loveline, from Rock of Love, the current host of the
3: Cat House Hollywood podcast, Ricky Ragman.
0: Welcome to the program, Ricky Rockman. Uh, how you doing, Ricky?
2: I am doing tremendous. Today's a good day.
0: Where am I talking to you from? The number said California? Actually, I'm in North Carolina okay, right now. Okay, so they're bouncing you around, trying to make sure I can't track you down, I think. Actually, I live in North Carolina now. Really?
2: I moved to North Carolina about, probably about three years ago.
0: Yeah, you like it? Um, I love it. <laughs>
2: I really do. <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, a lot of people. Where did you Where did you grow up? Minnesota. Okay. Do you still live in Minnesota? I do. Oh, okay. So I grew up like a lot of people. You know, might have lived in a small town and say, "Oh, like, I like to go back to my t- or Seattle. I like to go back to Seattle. I like to go back to my my town is Hollywood." When I was a little kid, I was on the Sunset Strip. I was always in Hollywood. So now I live in North Carolina. And I go back to Hollywood. It's like, I'm going to go visit my old hometown, which would be like Hollywood Boulevard, you know. But I love it here, and um, I can go back whenever I want. And I go back to L.A. quite a bit. I'll probably be back there again in a couple of weeks. So
0: It is kind yeah. of one of those towns, uh, you know, Hollywood especially, but you know, L.A., that whole area, that people don't really look at as a place that you grow up. It's more like a place you go to more than almost any other city I can think of.
2: Absolutely, it's like oh, one day I'm gonna go to Hollywood and make it, or I'm gonna one day go to Hollywood. I live there, you know. (laughs) Go to Hollywood. the, the, The sad, the sad thing is, you know, I've seen everything get worse and worse. The homeless situation is out of control there, and it's just so expensive. And I'm like, okay. So at my old house, it's like, okay, do I have a place to park my motorcycle, Mm. or I can go to North Carolina and have a boat slip? It's like, okay, you know, it's (laughs) it's pretty easy. You get everybody to say thank you and be nice and stuff like that.
0: Right on. Well, um, uh, he recently launched your podcast, Ricky Rockman's Cat House Hollywood Podcast. Uh, yes. You know, uh, with with your background in radio and TV hosting, i I, I got to believe that a podcast almost seemed like a natural move.
2: No, it didn't. Because, because I always looked at podcasts as, and this probably will make me seem very old, but I was like, podcasts? I've got a radio show. I'm on the radio. I don't need to do a podcast. That's like doing a play in your garage, you know? I don't want to do a podcast, but then as I started like listening to a couple podcasts, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And the thing that I liked about it is I had, I did, I did talk radio in LA for a while. Mm -hmm. And the thing about podcasts is I can do a podcast and so can you. And so can absolutely anybody. And you can do a podcast about whatever you want and you can put it up there with the same um, capabilities of getting an audience as anybody else. So when I did the first podcast, which I thought was really long. And the first one I did was 11 minutes long. And, and I I thought, well, Oh, so it's more. And then I started experimenting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to tell my story. Like if I wrote a book, like, especially with episode four, it, it was all about my history and punk rock and, and going in and you know, whatever. And, and people really, really liked it. And, you know, people have always asked, oh, why don't you write a book? Why don't you write a book? Well, look, this is me writing a book. This is me telling the stories. And you doubt yourself. You're like, OK, this is obviously it's a lot of stories about a lot of really famous people, but it's also a lot of stories about people you don't know. And it's a lot of stories about struggles and it's a lot of story about the era and it's a lot of pop culture. But yeah, it it is a lot of stories about big, huge rock stars, but they were just kind of my friends. And and the beauty of this podcast is I can do whatever I want and put it out there. And the way I know if it's if it's people like it is to watch the downloads, mm-hmm. you know, more than any other show that I've ever done. And I've done a lot of shows more than anything I've ever done. I'm more proud of this than anything, because this is 100 percent me. And it's and I like to think of it. It's not an interview show, even though I am talking to other people. But I like to think of it as like an audiobook and hopefully taking, I mean, it sounds so cheesy to say, but I'm taking you back to time, taking you back to a journey, <laughs> giving you a little bit of music background, some pop culture um, of what it was like in that era, and taking people back to a time that was absolutely re- amazing, dangerous, and sexy and decadent. And, you know, there just happens to be some star players in this, but it it's the success of the podcast is like like a little overwhelming yeah i'm, that's I'm cool. really i'm really liking it kind of wishing i said sponsors now because i'm like <laughs> wait a minute i got the number five podcast i wish i had a sponsor I would be worth something
4: because you, right now up. i'm
2: just doing this for fun i know because <laughs> I've, I've been doing this you know purely for fun and the problem is that when you do something and it turns out good you're like, OK, well, if people like that, I better make sure the next one is even better. Mm-hmm. And then I get so I'm always like pushing myself. And it doesn't matter if it's a job that I might be making thousands of dollars or doing a job that you just are putting your heart and soul into it. You just want to put out the best product. And I think when you put your heart and soul into a product, you want it to be better because you got your ass on the line for that.
0: I have to imagine that uh, you are privy to some stories that maybe some people would prefer not get out there. Uh, is this going to be no holds barred? Or are you going to be kind of be cautious with, uh, with what you do put out there and what you don't?
2: Well, the biggest thing is I don't remember any of it. Oh, I can't okay.
0: remember shit.
2: So <laughs> well, sounds like a good show. <laughs> I can't remember. So the good thing is that I have people bring back the stories with me, but I don't go to a reporter that is, we're going to write about what they heard. Somebody, if somebody said, you know, David Bowie was a mess in the DJ booth. I'm going to talk to the DJ. I'm going to talk to the people that were there. Um, I'm going to talk to my, about my recollections. And then I'm going to talk to other people that were there that had it happen. Well, if I'm talking about, you know, Megadeth being the first kind of thrash metal to play the cat house, I'm not going to have a reporter write about it. I'm going to have Dave Ellison talk about playing the mm. Cat House. I'm going to have Ice-T talk about, you know, body cam playing the Cat House when they're banned. I'm going to talk to, you know, uh, a celebrity that, that used to hang out there or the guy that, that was said, hey, will you help Brad Pitt get in the front door? I'm going to talk about that. But it's not like, I, I mean, I, I say that and I sound like, oh, it's the celebrity tell-all. It's not, but it just happens to be the player's, in these stories. Most of them are some of the biggest rock stars in the mm-hmm. world. But also, there's just as good stories from the coat girl, or anything else, you know, it's the, with the very first episode, which you know, I didn't know how the podcast would would do. So when I launched the first episode, I didn't say who the band was that was the first, the only band to pay to play the Cat House. I didn't say it. If I used them in the title, it would have had more downloads or I would have hashtagged it would have been much more popular. But I wanted people to kind of be surprised because it's not who you would think.
0: Sure. So I I want
2: them to be. And that, in a sense, is the way I did the Cat House because it was a rock dance club. We weren't supposed to have bands play because I didn't want it to be, you know, Oh, are you going to go to the cat house? Well, who's playing? Oh, I, I never heard of him. I'm not going. I want people to listen to the podcast every single episode. And it might be like, you know, hey, I'm not into Blind Melon, but I'm listening to this podcast. And oh, my God, Shannon Hinn was out of his mind. Hmm. You know, I, I want people to listen to it because of the stories of the lifestyle of everything else. And to answer your question, I just gave a 10 minute answer that wasn't the answer. I am not going to pull any punches. I am not going to say anything to be vindictive that's just for the sake of saying stuff. I mean, believe me, there's a lot of Motley Crue things that I could say that I haven't <laughs> said. But that's not to say that I'm not going to say them one day. And I'm not saying that as a teaser to put that carrot. like, ooh, wait till you hear what I'm going to say one day. It's like, it's stuff that's kind of that's, that's really screwed up. And it's, do I want to say it or not? It's not to get more listeners. It's like, um, you know, there's some people that did me wrong. And I know that I might have done some people wrong, too. And I think I will bring that stories. And I know that some people aren't going to be happy with it. But, you know, like I said, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm not any of those things. I'm just the guy that was like a part of the scene that's telling the way I saw it all. And there, you know, I hope that people aren't upset about the way David Bowie was portrayed in episode nine, because <laughs> uh, i was just fine. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when I'm sitting there with Joseph and he's telling me those stories, I'm like, oh, I had no idea, no idea at all. So these stories are like mind blowing to me. And, you know, when I try to find out, okay, did Axel really hit David Bowie? I asked Slash and I asked Duff because I don't want to say something that didn't happen. So it, it's nice that, I, that the source is I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. Mm-hmm. And I want people to listen to it and maybe hear parts like, oh, yeah, I used to eat that candy. Or, oh, yeah, he. I remember that skateboarder. I remember that TV show. It's, it's also a journey through pop culture and what was going on at that era. It's not an interview show. It's just kind of just... Well, it is what it is,
4: you yeah.
0: know. I think it's kind of an interesting concept where you just—it sounds like you're going to have basically a guest every week, and they could be anybody that was involved in whatever you're talking about, right?
2: Maybe I don't know. I Sometimes don't know you if might I go am.
0: Solo. Pardon me. Sometimes you might just go solo.
2: Yeah, okay. yeah, like I did with the like, like with the with the one that talked about you know opening up the club, um, the first club I ever promoted. And going to punk rock shows with Drew and the guy that started lip service. And it was a guy from high school that that told a couple stories. And, you know, it might be, even though people are like, hey, I can't wait till Duff's on the show. Or Mm -hmm. I can't wait till this is going to be on the show. You know, but I also want people to also be excited just to hear stories. And not look at it just as a rock and roll tell-all. As just hearing about people telling stories about struggles and people that you never knew, you know. When when Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon was working for me, he was just that that guy that was just always causing fights at the club,
4: <laughs> you know.
2: And uh, and yes, I'll have guests. And and the, the thing is, because I don't have a producer, or editor, or, or anybody who knows, I don't know how it's going to manifest. It's it's sort of like the way the cat house is going. Okay, you know, I don't know, but it's just. I keep on thinking, I don't have any more episodes. And then it's somebody's like, well, what about that time with Lita Ford? Or, <laughs> or what about that time when that fistfight broke out? Or what about this person that died? Or this person? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good episode, too. So who knows? I just, I just, I just like when, when the show's done, I listen to it. I'm like, OK, this is kind of good. You know, I'm proud. And then when I see that people are listening to it, it's
0: like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And plus, uh, you, you might get the official definition of what a ball gag is.
2: <laughs> they, they, that was some, that was like I was like, okay, I'm not, I just take for granted that everybody knows what a ball gag is. Okay, uh, and that it was, was a great drop
0: really, in. It was. Oh, great. thank
2: you, thank you. This was a really weird episode because it was like it was all over the place, but it's sort of there is a tie in. And I remember, you know, Axel buying that ball gag. I'm just saying, ball gag. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe not everybody knows what a ball gag is. And I was like, Leah, will you read the definition of a ball gag? Because it's going to sound a lot better you saying it for this French accent than me saying it. So it was kind of fun. So it was just like a stupid idea that I came up with. And it actually worked, yeah, so did, I'm, glad that cool. you know, I'm glad you noticed that. I'm <laughs> glad you noticed
0: that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I binged a few episodes this morning. Uh, it's, it, I'm enjoying it so far, so at least you have uh, one uh, listener subscribing right now. But, um, yes! But it sounds like you're, you're seeing pretty good numbers. Uh, you, you mentioned Motley Crue, uh, and I, I, I listened to the episode where you and Gilby do a pre- and post-review of, of The Dirt, which I thought was kind of a neat way to do that. Um uh, how well do you know the Motley guys? I mean, uh, I, I really couldn't get a good read on if they were a band that was a part of a lot of the... Because I, I know you, like, threw Tammy down and Axel it, right. relationships there, but uh, I guess I don't really have much of a recollection of you being too much involved with Motley at all.
2: You'll hear that if you listen to more episodes. God damn
0: it, uh, and, and, and here, <laughs> No, 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 I'm not saying that just to get you to listen to more episodes. Uh,
2: to start, I was the DJ at Tommy and Heather's wedding.
0: Oh, All right
2: um and i would say that and this this is the truth um there was a time did that you play in the
0: ario speedwagon?
2: <laughs> Kevin Cronin was there. <laughs> oh, <right on. laughs> a matter of fact or was that Nikki's wedding? Uh, no that might have been Nikki's wedding. I think Kevin Cronin sang at Nikki's wedding. Okay. Cuz Nikki's wedding I was at as a guest. Cuz i was t- when i when i DJ Tommy and Heather's wedding, i didn't know them at all. I was, I talked about how excited I was a DJ at a dance club and I met Tommy and Heather. And I was so excited. I'm like, guys, I'm the DJ at Tommy Lee's wedding. I'm like so excited because I didn't know any, but I didn't know any rock stars at all. So I was like just fanning out big time. And then, um, Nikki and I became, I was like best, very, very good friends with Nikki. And not saying like that. Oh, he was a good friend of mine. Nikki and I got sober together and if there's any stories that I'm wondering if I'm going to tell, it's the one between me and Nikki, because Nikki and I had a huge falling out that nobody really knows about. And I don't know if I'm going to talk about it. Or I might or might not. I don't know. I'm not using that as to, like, bait anybody. But then the, the, the Motley thing was a little is a little touchy for me because Nikki was a very, very good friend. Um you know, I got to go out on Motley. I got to go on the jet with Motley when it was just the band and me. And I didn't work for MTV. It was just like, dude, you want to go to Oklahoma? It was, you know, so we were very, very good friends. I bought his Jeep. Um, and it was just, but they were a band that was already big. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like the way it was with, with some of those bands. Is like we were all watching him get big. So I was very, very close with Nicki, Um for a lot of being, in, in in the one episode that we did at the Sunset Strip, um, me and Fred Corey are talking about you know the day after Nikki O'Deed, I went to Nikki's house. I brought Nikki, I bought Nikki chicken soup, and uh, and it was just um, and this is the time I wasn't on MTV, so I was just like a bro. I was just, you know, Ricky. Sure. And uh, we had a little get together at the house and it was just me and Nikki and Fred and Stephen Piercy and Steven Adler. And we, we, we talked about that. I think it's in episode eight, but I was very close with, um, Nikki. I went go-kart racing. I got into racing with Vince and, and Tommy and stuff like that, but not really friends with them at all anymore. Um, I talked to Nikki a couple years ago, and it was just kind of like, eh, you know. It was like, I remember going to the show, and Nikki was there, and I was like, okay, I'm not on great terms with him. Should I just get this girl out? So she's like, go talk to Nikki. So I went <laughs> and I talked to him, and then I talked to him, and I walked away. I was like, oh, why did I even just go talk to him? Like, I got felt stupid. You know, yeah. I was like, why did I even go bother talking? What a joke. And then she's like, there's Dave Mustaine, go talk to Dave Mustaine. I'm like, oh God, am I gonna bat one thousand? And I talked to Dave and he was just the best. And um, so I wouldn't say I'm on I d I do don't know. Maybe one day I'll talk about the the Motley thing, but there's there's I have a lot of history with Motley, with Motley Crue. But Motley Crew never did play the cat house, but Vince which I didn't realize until somebody showed me a video of Vince and Axel singing at the cat house. Hmm. So I was like Oh, it's got, I forgot so much stuff. I mean, thank God there's people that <laughs> show me these things because that, you know, the whole thing about the podcast is I didn't allow cameras in the cat house, which now I'm like, what a stupid idea. But that was because I, I wanted everybody to feel like they could get away with anything. Yeah. And they did. But now I don't have any pictures.
0: What about um, Axel? Do you, you maintain any type of relationship with him? No. Um. Was there a falling the, out or just that he got so big?
2: Um, for the no, it wasn't that they got so big. For the last podcast, for the one, you know, and I wanted to find out about did Axel in fact punch David Bowie? And I'm like, okay, I gotta find out. Did this really happen? So I asked Slash and I asked Duff and I got the answer. And I haven't heard from Axel for several years, and I think he was upset with me for something. I'm not sure. But I hope to talk to him again um, this year because uh, me and him were very. He he, I owe almost all of this stuff to him. Yeah. I owe the Headbangers Ball to him. I owe the success of the Catass to him. And um, you know, I, I don't know. I know there's a lot of people that used to be friends with Axel that aren't friends with Axel anymore. But you know, I, I can't wait to see Guns N' Roses live. I'm I'm very close with Duff. I'm very close with Slash. And, um, but I haven't really, I haven't talked to Axel in many years, but I, I mean, a weird thing, like one day, Sebastian Bach called me, he's like, dude, Axel's backstage and he's saying he misses you. And he's talking about all these crazy (laughs) times that you guys used to have. I'm like, tell him to call me. I'll I'll go to any show. And that never happened. So that was kind of weird.
0: You know, I I should ask you a question uh, about uh, headbangers ball. Um, one of the common complaints that I know metalheads at the time had would be about like they would. Uh, the Headbangers Ball would always kind of sprinkle in a handful of videos that were getting pretty heavy rotation already. Uh, how was it determined? And did you play any role in like any of the videos that were picked? Like, what was? How was it decided? What was going to get played those two hours every week?
2: I had about as much say in picking the videos (laughs) as I do in your show. Okay. (laughs) On my birthday... That's more than you might think. On my (laughs) birthday... Maybe? On my birthday, I gave them a list of videos to play, and they played one (laughs) Motorhead video. I had no say in the videos. And I have spent the past couple decades damning MTV for some of the videos they played but in retrospect i think that it really they wanted a big audience and they got it and what people don't understand is even though i might have said why aren't we playing more slayer instead of playing this one from whatever silly band there were just as many people saying play more of this silly band Mm -hmm. and less metal the thing is rock was yes it had its genres but these are the most vocal fans ever. The biggest, biggest misconception was that if I played a video meant that I liked the band and that was a huge misconception. So if I'm going and hanging out at all the suicidal tenancy shows People are giving me crap saying, Oh, why are you here when you would rather be at a firehouse show or, or whatever? I'm just coming up with random examples. Sure, yeah. And I got that forever and it was very frustrating and, and it used to bum me out. It's like and then if I had to go to a make an appearance at another show, it's like, Well, how can you say you like this band if you're always if you're playing Danzig all the time? Or whatever. You Because know? the music that I liked, personally what I liked was the stuff that tended to be on the heavier side, which is also the most vocal fans, which were also the fans that didn't like me at times. <laughs> so it got to be a real bummer to go see bands that I liked, knowing that some of their fans were pissed off at me. You oh, know, yeah. if I wanted if I wanted everybody to say, I love you, Ricky Rackman, well, I'd go to slaughter shows. I don't know. That's probably, I'm sure slaughter fans hate me too. But, um but I didn't. That's not what I wanted to go to. I mean, if you looked at the bands that played the cat house or played my birthday parties and stuff like that, those were the bands that I liked. Those were the bands of my friends. And yes, we had a lot, you know, I had Pantera and body count and Rob Halford and everybody played my birthday party, but then I'd go to their shows or everybody saying, Glenn Danzig hates you. He tried to throw you in the fire. Or Dave Mustaine hated you. You guys couldn't be further from the truth, but I knew those shows that's what raised the bar. You yeah. know, people, people don't ask me about my interview with Lars, they ask me about my interview with Dave Mustaine. And Dave Mustaine gave me a hard time every single show. All right, Dave Mustaine and Ricky Rackman back standing in front of the Washington Monument, although it doesn't really look much like him. You just saw a live from Pearl Jam. And we're barely alive because it's about 32 below zero right now, and we're freezing to death. <laughs> but we're doing it for you because we're walking around Washington, D.C. It's MTV's Headbangers
0: inaugural ball. Yeah, and, and you didn't really come from any type of uh, uh, you know, media background, you know, no journalism, right? I mean, so did, w- when you're interviewing these guys, <laughs> were, was there a lot of preparation or things handed to you for questions, or did you just kind of wing it?
2: If you watch some of the earlier shows, if I watched Headbangers Ball in 1990 and maybe 91, I would hate me. <laughs> I was terrible. I was nervous. I had no back. I mean, I still, even though I've got a radio show on now, it's it's rocking. It's racing rocks, but it's been on for 16 years. I still really don't know what I'm doing in radio. Even though I've done it most of my life, <laughs> I have no journalistic background. I have. I didn't go to school and take any classes. I'm not a journalist, I'm not a writer, I'm just a guy, and and I look at some of those shows and I was terrible, and they gave me interviews on a card. And, you know, for me to sit there and ask Chris Cornell, so I hear there's this scene in Seattle. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, shut up. Truth is, people didn't really know about it at that time, so it wasn't that bad, but I'm watching and I'm like, oh my God, dude, I'm yelling at me saying, Ricky, you suck. Then, As the years passed, I sort of was a little cockier, not necessarily for good reason, and also a little more apathetic. And I was just kind of throwing some questions, and I tried to make it more personality-wise. I truly think that if you asked a million metal fans that most of these metal fans could give a rat's ass about who produced the album – and, you know, where you recorded it. Mm-hmm. I think people want to hear personalities. I like to hear stories about what these people do. I would rather be, I mean, that's why, to me, Alice in Chains and Pantera were the two best guests on Headbangers Ball.
0: I was just going to ask you about that. Wasn't Alice in Chains one where you guys are like a mansion, like by a pool and stuff like that? Hey, Ricky Rackman here. We're in beautiful Bel Air,
2: California. Check it out. This beautiful estate. This is supposed to be the new place that guys in Alice in Chains have been hanging out while they've been in L.A. And I guess success hasn't changed them much, has it? So we're going to go inside. The entire Countdown to the Ball and Headbangers Ball will be spent hanging out with Alice in Chains. So right now we're going to get ourselves into this place. It'll be great. And... Hi, yes, I'm here to see the guys in Alice in Chains. State your name. Ricky Rackman. Rackman? Rackman. From MTV. How do you spell that? M T. No, your name. Oh, R I. We'll, we'll clear it up here, and, and while we're clearing tiki. our way in, you watch the Rocky. number ten video. Yeah. Oh my God, we did the one at the mansion. We did the one at the water in the mansion. They all were like robes and yeah. face masks, and and that was classic. Yeah, that we was did great. the water park, the water park show with Allison Chains. absolutely classic. Um, New Orleans with Allison Chains. It's because, and, and the other thing is. I was a guy that everybody knew you could bust my balls, yeah. that you could give Ricky Rackman a hard time. And if I was like, I'm a serious journalist, don't do that, or or stop it, or if I was confrontational with any of these people, it'd be a really lousy show. So if you saw Dave Mustaine giving me a hard time, you're like, yeah, people loved it. Dave told me this last year, and this is brilliant. Dave said we were the Abbott and Costello of rock and roll. And it's true. We were. Let me give me a hard time because you know what? People loved watching Dave Mustaine give me a hard time.
0: Yeah, right on.
2: So what am, so what am I going to do? Am I going to say, oh, screw you, Dave. You're mean. That's I don't want to do it. It's like, bring it on, baby. I mean, why do you think Megadeth did the show so much? Do you think if I really hated doing interviews with Dave Mustaine, <laughs> I'd be doing them? Hell no. If I did a show and Dave, like the one time, I mean, do you know what it was like having long hair while everybody has long hair, cutting my hair short and then doing shows with Danzig and Megadeth? Yeah. Opening myself up for such a hard time. But you know what? It was entertainment. Mm-hmm. That was me. I don't mind being that fall guy. You know, you after a little, I did headbang. Uh...
0: What? I'm sorry. You had a little wink nod to the audience too uh, that I don't think everybody picked up on. But you know, you you would always say like, "This is my favorite band," and you, not like one of you always kind of like. But you you, did, you said it about so many bands that it was kind of fun to kind of just. You're almost like playing with the audience a little bit at that point. Well,
2: I wish more people would have looked at it the way you looked
0: at it because they didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, plenty because... did it. I know uh, personally, some people. My like, guys, he's like you're taking this a little too literally. He's having a little fun here.
2: Right. Which which I did, but here was the other thing. Let's say there's bands that you don't like. Let's say you have to say, okay, here's Crap Band. Here's Crap Um. Band. Here's Crap Band. Here's Crap Band. Here's a video for Ministry. Oh, my God, this is one of my favorite bands is Ministry. Yes, that was – I shouldn't have used those words. I didn't think (laughs) about it. I didn't plan it out, but the truth is – I have more than one favorite. If I'm saying that I love ministry and if I'm saying that I love choir boys and I'm saying that I love suicidal tendencies and Danzig, it's because I really do. And they are my favorite band. Mm. Those were my favorite bands. But you see me saying that all the time. And I got a lot of crap for that as well. And a lot of it was justified. But I never said a band was my favorite band that I didn't like. So if when it t- it turns out, you know, I have people that tell me all the time, dude, you turned me on to Pantera. Hmm. And I'm like, well, I was just kind of reading what they gave me and they they told me to pick a Pantera video. So as much as that's very, very flattering, I don't feel that it, it's justified. However, if I said I love Pantera, this band is so good oh, my God, you know, Phil is incredible dime. is such a crazy guitarist. If I'm saying that, the people that are haters are going to say, there's Ricky kissing ass. But the other people might be saying, okay, wait a minute. He really likes this band. Let's see what it is about this band. I mean, so, so yes, I really championed bands that I liked because I wanted people to like them as well.
0: Are there any uh, new or newer bands that you're uh, into right now? I listen to everything. Um, I'm excited.
2: I mean, I buy like you know. It's so funny. It's you know, you can you can get anything you want for free on the internet.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: But I buy my friends' albums. Yeah. <laughs> so like um, like even though they sent me in advance of Mark Morton's album, I still bought it. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna buy Danko Jones' new album, yeah. and I'm gonna That's buy great. I'm gonna buy um, I'm gonna buy the Damn Things, which. Uh, have you heard have you heard them?
0: Yeah, they're are you kidding? They're one of our like uh like lust bands like that we just f- kind of fawn over. That first record is is killer. Uh I, I can't the, Isn't the new one out Friday? Yes.
2: Yeah. Like I'm like like a kid. I am excited yeah. to to and it's it's so funny because like I'm in a position that I've met pretty much every band that I've ever wanted to meet. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got to meet Brian Johnson and Steven Tyler and everybody else. But like, I really like that band every time I die. Nobody turned me on to them. Nobody said, no, I didn't seem like the band Children of Bodom. I saw them live, and that's what got me into them. I've never seen Every Time I Die, but I really like him and, and I thought think the singer Keith Buckley is a freaking rock star, right? So he's the singer of The Damn Things. And I watch the video. I'm like, yeah. this guy is like, I don't, this guy might be a jerk for all I know. I have no idea. But like when he was playing, I'm like, like, kind of, I was like fanboying out, you know? <laughs> and I, I was like, this guy's rad. I, I don't know any, I don't know anything about him, you know? Yeah. And, uh. So I think that band is really, really cool. I'm really excited to see them.
0: It, it's nice um, to feel that, you know, with, this, with these, you know, our years are passing us, you know, but uh, to still be able to kind of connect with uh, an artist like we did when we were a teenager, it, it's, that's, it's a, a
2: beauty. I mean, I am very, very spoiled because if I meet somebody, chances are they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give you an example, not rock related, but... Um, I work in NASCAR, and I was at Texas Motor Speedway, and I had to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I was like, yes. <laughs> so I walked in there to interview Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, Ricky Ravid, man, I love Pantera, and I was like, holy crap, you know? And I was like, I'm meeting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, that was really exciting for me. So if I, even though I've never met Keith Buckley, um, that's the singer's name, right?
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. If I go to meet him. Um, Chances are he's going to know who I am. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't. It doesn't matter. But I'm a true fan. A- another example was um, I Avenged Sevenfold was playing a show. And even though I can't say that that was one of my favorite bands, I saw them live and I was like, OK, these guys are really good. And everybody, you got to stop. Like, they're a really good rock band. They were really, really good. And I was blown away. So I went to go meet them and they all know who I was. And I was like, OK, that's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> so when I meet, go to meet bands. But. I am first and foremost a rock fan. I am not a journalist, I'm not a reporter. And so if there's a band and I don't know the members of the band and I like them, that's really fun for me. And and I just mentioned Danko Jones. Danko Jones is somebody that I am a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. I love his records, I listen to all his records. I've used his songs that I've taken illegally and used for theme songs on my charity motorcycle rides i think he's great yeah he's i've never i've never met danko jones i have never seen danko jones live but i buy his records he did a review and called the cat house hollywood podcast the best podcast on the net mm. okay and danko jones is a podcast yeah yeah so i was like I never even met Danko <laughs> Jones, you know? So now it's like, hey, his new record's coming out. I can't wait to buy it. And and he's just one, like, have you ever met him?
0: Oh, I, I've talked to him on, though. We've interviewed him twice for the show. Never met him, though. I'm guessing he's, like, really nice, right? Oh, yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, like, there's certain he's people. He's just like you, Ricky. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
0: Except he's there's really nice. a little nice. butt kiss there for you. <laughs> Except
2: he's really nice. But the thing is, like, and, and here's, the, here's the other thing, and this is what I think that musicians need to realize, okay, that if there is a, like, let's say I go to meet, and I'm gonna use this as an example, let's say I go to meet Keith Buckley, right? Uh-huh. And I go, dude, I'm, I'm a big fan, you guys are really great. And he's like, yeah, whatever, right? I'd be like, fuck, that band isn't that good. Same thing, okay, Corey Taylor. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, like, my guilty pleasure is I am a maggot. I am a Slipknot dork nice. fan. I go see Slipknot play whenever they play, and I bang my head until my neck hurts, which is usually two songs, and I'm just a dork. I don't have any friends in the band Slipknot. I can't, I don't know really that much. I just listen to their music. I love them. I go see Slipknot whenever they play because I am a dork Slipknot fan. I go to meet Corey Taylor. I'm excited. Corey Taylor knows who I am. Me and Corey Taylor are now friends. We text each other every once in a while. <laughs> and he's just a good dude. If Corey Taylor would have been a dick, I would have hated Slipknot. I would have hated him. And, and now let me just give an example of, of somebody that does it right. Um, John Joseph's a singer, or I don't know if I'm still allowed to say he's the singer of cro or not. Okay. Because they just went through a legal battle. So the cro play the other night. And I go to meet him. So I meet him, and I take pictures of him, and he's just a a good dude, you know? And I'm like, right on. He was a nice guy. And I walk away, and I post a picture, and I said, yeah, I met the guy from Chrome. And then he writes back, wow, I didn't even realize you were that guy from Headbangers Ball. Okay, that means that he thought I was just a regular fan. And he took the time to talk to me and be good and just be a good person. I'm like, Okay, now I like you even more. You right know? on,
0: yeah. Kind of like because Undercover it. Boss.
2: <laughs> oh, that's what I could be. I'm undercover f- – oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Undercover fan. Yeah. <laughs> that's brilliant. Find out which are dicks or not. Okay, we should do that show. Right. but But um, – except they're going to go like, who's this old guy? But the thing is and, – and that was something that I know there's errors in the headbangers Ball days that maybe I wasn't the best guy. And there's time that if anybody stops me – The worst thing I hate reading on social media is, okay, not the worst, actually. It's not even close to the worst. But one of the things I don't like (laughs) seeing on social media is, dude, I saw you at the so-and-so show. I was going to come up and say hi, but I didn't want to bug you. Okay, listen, everybody. As long as I'm not eating, if you see me someplace and you come up and say that you like what I do, that makes me feel good, okay? Coming up to somebody and saying you like what they do is complimentary, If you go up to a musician and they blow you off, screw them. Everything. I am, you know, right now I'm talking to you because my podcast, because you guys like my show, which is very, very cool. And a lot of people are listening to it. And that means that people like you and all the people listening are making me feel good. And so I want to make sure that I can kind of return the favor if that makes any sense. Yeah. Now, understand, there's going to be times that I'm just going to be in a crap mood. <laughs> you know, I mean, I ride motorcycles all over the almost world. So there's going to be times that I'm at the end of a 500-mile day and I'm a wreck. But you got to suck it up and be cool, not fake cool. Be cool because I've met some really good people. I mean, I've done appearances that I've met people that have truly become friends. And – and yeah. um, it's, it's great. I mean, I am nothing but a glorified rock fan. That's all I am. I'm not a writer. I'm not a reporter. And now I'm just sharing some stories on the Cat House Hollywood podcast and people like them. And I hope to do more. And I'd, I'd like to do more stuff. You know, I just I don't have an agent or manager or anything like that. So I'm not doing appearances or shows or anything like that. But I want to. And now maybe I, I will. So
0: there you go. Ricky, this has been an absolute pleasure. I don't want to take up too much much. more of your time. Uh, um, But yeah, you've been a gracious guest and uh, your your show Ricky's uh, Cat House Hollywood Podcast uh, is available everywhere. I had no problem tracking it down.
2: Cat House Hollywood Podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's completely free and there's no commercials because I don't have any sponsors yet and uh i also do a podcast called 19 minutes with ricky and leah which is just something else fun that we're doing and um i'm all over social media and if you guys see me at a show by all means say hi and if you like the podcast please tell your friends because uh because the more listeners i get the happier i am
0: (laughs) (laughs) of course yeah that's the goal right exactly hey uh, Ricky I, I had a blast you, you're, you're an incredible you, guest so uh, best of luck with the podcast and everything I, I enjoyed the four episodes I got to smash through today I'll be caught up by the end of the week I'm sure
2: <laughs> good thank you very much I really appreciate it
0: alright you have a good day ok take care buddy
1: Just got back from the
0: Uh,
2: I'm
0: calling for Jason. This is, yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody calls hey. me Baco. Either's fine. Well, I didn't know that yet.
2: See, nobody wrote that in the memo.
0: That's okay. Uh, I take it I'm talking to Ricky Rockman. I can recognize the yeah, oh, voice. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, hey, it's yeah. Ricky. Yeah. No, I, I got your voice down, I think. so. Well, how are you? I'm doing really good. Thank you.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.